Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Well, the Apostle Paul went back and talked about some things from time to time. You know, he always talked about pre- that the, the, the word we, we learn by precept, and we, we put precept upon precept. And it, Paul even talked about how I hear, I'm here to put you in remembrance of some things. And, you know, there are some basic, some foundational things that we need to be reminded of every so often. And, um, and so today we're going to remi- I'm going to be reminding you about one particular aspect of our, of our spiritual life, and that's joy. Uh, joy, I, I had titled this many years ago, Joy for the Journey. And you know, the Bible over in, uh, it's in Acts, it says, it talks about finishing my course with joy. You and I are in a race. Our life is a journey from beginning to end. We, we are on a journey. And God wants us to do it with joy. With joy. He doesn't want to do it with sadness. Joy is not meant for the sweet by and by. It's meant for the here and now. He wants us to enjoy the blessings that we have. He wants to en- us to enjoy the, the nature of God that he's put on the inside of us. He wants us to enjoy life. Because Jesus has come that we might have life and have it more abundantly. If it's an abundant life, it's a life full of joy. You know, and, the, and you say, well, I don't know about that. I said, well, I do. I do. It's, it says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, and it goes on from that. When you got born again, joy was part of the package. Joy was part of the package. You say, well, I don't, I'm not really typically a joyful person. It's not talking about you. That's the whole point. And we're not talking about you and what kind of joy you got. There are some people who are naturally just bubbly, you know, and, and just always have a smile on their face. And they're always the optimist and they see the, the good in everything. They're few and far between. But I'm telling you, God put his joy on the inside of you. When you got born again, his nature came on the inside of you. And his nature is a joyful nature. He rejoices over you with singing. And I'm telling you what, there are times we don't give him much to be joyful about. It just doesn't seem like it's always like, okay, Lord, you're doing this by faith, aren't you? Yeah, sometimes he is, I think. But he knows what he put on the inside of us. He knows what's in there. And we have to figure out that we know what's in there. Maybe your personality isn't just all bubbly. But you're natural. That's your natural man we're talking about. But your supernatural man, your spiritual man is full of the life of God. And when it's full of the life of God, it is full of joy. Nehemiah said, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Not joy about the Lord, not joy in the Lord, but the joy of the Lord. You know, we sometimes look at that scripture and we think, well, if I just can just, you know, get myself, you know, just kind of, you know, over the hump here, you know, the, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Well, that's really weak. I mean, you know, are you, how determined are you to have that joy? But it's not your joy we're talking about. It's the joy of the Lord 
is your strength. A merry heart does good like a medicine. There is so much in there that you need to understand. There is, oh, my heavens, there, there's, there's so many, so many things. You know, um, I wrote this down. It says, joy, his joy in us is not a natural but a supernatural force. I don't know about you, but, I, I, you know, I'm kind of one of those people who loves things like Star Wars and, you know, Star Trek and some of those kind of things. Let me, it occurred to me today, this morning, that joy, when it's, when it's activated like it's supposed to be, when you're aware of it like you should be aware of it, when you're walking in it like you should be walking in it, becomes a force field. Put up the shields, you know, Mr. Spock. You know, Scotty, you know, put the, f- the source fields up. You know, you know, it just, if you, if you will do that, if you will be cognizant of what the, what's on the inside of you and let it come up, that becomes a force field around you where things just bounce off of you. It doesn't have an effect. Things can come your way and you're just like, ah, big deal, big deal. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Well, um, here's where we start jumping around with some of these things. Joy is an indicator of your spiritual condition. Mm-hmm. Joy is an indicator of your spiritual condition. You have been immunized from the effects of this world and from the kingdom of darkness. How do I know that? Because in Colossians 1, it says we've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light. You have been immunized from all that. You really have because it's already on the inside of you. You know, if I've been immunized against something, I have no concern about when I'm around somebody who maybe has something that I've been immunized against. If you've got depression and despair and bad news and woe is me, I can be immunized. I am immunized from the effects of that because of the joy of the Lord that's on the inside of me. A lack or a loss of joy is an indicator of the condition of your spiritual immune system. Mm-hmm. Well, what's the underlying cause? Ah, you've lost sight of some things. That's the underlying cause. You've lost sight of who you are in Christ. You've lost sight of who your father is. You've lost sight of what Jesus has done for you. You've lost sight of the fact that he is your answer. You've lost sight of the fact that the Holy Ghost, the greater one, lives on the inside of you. He is the comforter, the counselor, the advocate, the intercessor, the standby, your strengthener. He's all of those things. You have lost sight of those things. You have given up your immunity and so your immunity system is at a, is at a loss. Years ago, I, I came down with, some, with shingles, just kind of out of the blue. And my, my regular primary care doctor said, hmm, I wonder what else is going on in you. And, and I found out just, you know, weeks later that I, I had cancer. And um, I wasn't immunized from it, from the cancer, but my immune system was low, It was compromised. Have you let your spiritual immune system get compromised? Is that why there's a frown on your face? Why is that why there's a drag in your step? Is that why you don't want to praise God when you come to church? Is that why you don't want to praise God when you're by yourself? Is that why the bad news hits you like a ton of bricks? 
Is that why that, that any time the, the news comes on and they say there's a recession in the land, you kind of go, oh. Is, it, is that why when you go to the gas station, you go, oh, my Lord, look at the price now. Joy is your immune system. Joy will keep you in a place where none of that affects you, where none of that makes any difference to you. And it's something that we have to keep stirred up. You know, Paul told Timothy, stir up the gift that's in the inside of you. Now, he was talking about the anointing. There were some anointings. But I'd say that that premise stands to reason here. If God's put a gift on the inside of you, a gift called joy, you can stir it up. And you better be stirring it up every single day. You can't wait until the bad news shows up. you got to have the joy stirred up before the bad news shows up. So when the bad news shows up, you don't care. I just don't care. It doesn't bother me one way or the other. You can you let the world do their thing. Let the world have their problems. Let the world have all that. But I know who my answer is. I know who my source is. I know who my supply comes from. I know what Jesus has done for me. I know whose I belong to and who, whose I am. And so I, that's how you build yourself up. It's how you stir yourself up. You know, over in 1 Samuel, David himself, you know, was in a, in a bad place. Uh, the enemy had come in when he was out chasing somebody else and had come in and taken their families, his family, the, his men's families, and, and they were all like, oh, woe is me. I believe it said they hung their harp on the willow, which means major depression. And, and David, it says he encouraged himself in the Lord. Nobody can, can encourage you but you. Um, hallelujah. Let me, let me look for my verse that I'm looking for here. Hallelujah. Um, ah, John 16, 22. Now you have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and your joy no man takes from you. It is not possible for the enemy to take your joy. It's only possible that you give it up. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He wants to steal your joy. He wants to kill your faith, and he wants to destroy your future. Your joy will keep him from being successful in any of those areas. You can't let him steal your joy. You know, it's kind of like just, you know, if you're, you're at home and, and you've got uh, some valuable things in your home. Of course, everything you have is valuable. It's yours. You don't want anybody taking it. You don't want anybody coming in. I mean, that, that just, you know, feels like you've just been, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, violated. Thank you. Vi- you've been violated if somebody were to steal something from you. Listen, don't leave the door unlocked. Certainly don't leave it standing wide open. And don't put a sign out said, I'm depressed, come on in. <laughs> just, 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 just help yourself, just help yourself. You know, there are times, and, I, and I've been there, 
where, you know, things just, just kind of just came in. It just, I mean, it just covered you up. It was like it was coming from every single direction. And, you know, and you felt like that. Just fine. Just take it. Just take it all. I've already, you know, I've already down this far. I might as well just let you have everything. You know, the enemy is smart and he will be waiting for that opportunity if you give it to him. He'll be ready to jump on that. The Bible tells us to, to be vigilant, that our adversary, the, the, the enemy, he is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Well, he may not devour you, especially if your joy is level is where it ought to be. He's got no teeth. For heaven's sakes, don't let yourself be gummed to death. <laughs> really? Come on. That's pretty sad. But yet we, we do, we let ourselves get in a place where we are gummed to death by the enemy. And it's, and it's real simple to keep this from happening. You know, there's, there's so many, I mean, we, you know, I, I, I love my bling. And, uh, and so uh, I just, I have said this so many times, that the word of God is, is like a diamond. It has got, it's multifaceted. You know, and the more you look at it, the more it sparkles the more it just catches the sunlight and it, and it, and it just reflects back to you. Listen, this is, this is what all of this is about. Joy is not the only thing. But I'm toy, telling you what, joy is a major component of your spiritual life that you have to keep in a place where it's active and where it's vitally important to you to keep it in a place that it needs to be. So much, there is so much that can be said about joy. Uh, Proverbs 24.10 says, If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. If, uh, the NASB says, If you fail under pressure, your strength is not very great. Well, if your strength is small, where do you go to get more strength? The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Not a natural joy but a supernatural joy. Hallelujah. 1 Timothy 6, 12 says, fight the good fight of faith with joy. With joy. Well, how can it be joy? Because you know you win. Because you know you have the answer. Because you know that in, it, it doesn't matter what the enemy tries, the victory's already been won. We sang about that this morning. So what if you get a, if you get a cancer diagnosis? Rejoice. Joyful. Be joyful. Well, well, that's easy for you to say. No, yeah, I, I, I've been there. I've been there. James says, count it all joy. Well, how can I count it joy? Because I know it's not my strength that I'm going to fight the battle in. It's his strength. It's his ability. It's, it's his enablement that puts me over every time. I can just sit back and relax and count on my God to do his thing. Because Jesus has already done the thing. He's already won the victory for me. Hallelujah. Psalm 16, 11 says, In your presence is fullness of joy. You want to get your joy back up? Get in his presence. There's a song we sang years ago. I don't even know if we, if we even still have the music for it. Just this real simple song. In your presence, in your presence there is peace. In your presence, in your presence there is joy. I will linger, I will stay. In your presence day by day till your likeness may be seen in me. 
It's such a great little song. How many years has it been since we even pulled that? Do you even remember it? You know, he doesn't even remember it. Well, I do, and it was a great song. fact is, I remember a service years ago, and when I was on the praise and worship team, I think I was leading that night, and, uh, and we, we got that hold of that song, and we sang it for an hour. And I'm telling you what, the presence of God was in the place. In your presence, in your presence, there is peace. In your presence, there is joy. I will linger, I will stay in your presence day by day till your likeness may be seen in me. It's a powerful little song. And, and, it's, and it's a shame that, you know, we quit singing it. Maybe we'll just have to figure it out and sing it again. That was a suggestion, wasn't it? <laughs> ah, Psalm 42, 4 says, I went with him to the house of the Lord with the voice of joy and praise. You know, joy has a voice. Sometimes it's a quiet and peaceable kind of a thing. You know, Paul said he was, he was recounting all the, the trials and tribulations that he had endured, all the things. And he said, yet I've learned to be content in whatever state I'm in. How could he be content? Because that force of joy was working on the inside of him. Because he was accessing the joy of the Lord. He was, he was staying in that place where God's joy was on the inside of him. The strength of that joy enabled him to endure anything and everything that came his way. There's a place, there's a place you know, where joy is just, like I said, it's just kind of a quiet thing. It's a quiet contentment kind of thing. And there's other places where it says, shout for joy. Shout for joy. You know, there are times when we, we need to figure out, okay, okay, what, what do I need to do here? What, what's the appropriate approach to get my joy level activated? You know, is it quiet and peaceable or is it loud and rambunctious? You know, there's a place for both and there's a time for both. And there's a position we find ourselves and we need to figure out what we need at that moment to, to get back to where we need to be. You know, I've said to people so many times when they were going through some things, and I said, you need to find your joy again. You know, you're, you're down, you're despondent, you know, everything seems like it's going wrong. You know, you're just, you're just overwhelmed. And I'm going, you need to find your joy. You need to find it. It's there. You just, you're going to have to pull it up out of you. It's, it's, it's resident there. And as soon as you do, because of that joy coming back up, your faith can kick in. Because I look at joy as a faith activator. Now, I know, I know a bunch of you are much younger than this commercial I'm about to talk about. But, but believe me, it, it works. The, 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 the example here works. Anybody remember the Alka-Seltzer com- commercial? Plop, plop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief it is. <laughs> joy is a faith activator. And so you dump some joy in the middle of that situation. It's plop, plop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief it is. And, and it'll work. I'm telling you, it will work. But where is your joy level? Is it where it ought to be? Are you in that place of quiet contentment about joy? Are you in that place where I'm just ready to shout and take a lap because I'm so full of the joy of God? 
Which is it? What do you need? How do you need to respond? Hallelujah. Uh, Psalm 35, 27, let them shout for joy and be glad. Job 5, 22 says that destruction and famine, you will laugh. This joy that I have, the world did not give it to me. The world didn't give it. And the world should not be allowed to take it away. Hallelujah. If we're going to be known as God's happy people, which, you know, that was back during the charismatic uh, renewal. Um, Charles and Francis Hunter, you know, I think I wrote a book called, and they talked, talked about God's happy people. And I'm telling you what, when you first got born again and filled with the Holy Ghost, you were just full of, of joy, radiating that joy everywhere you went. There was such joy. And, you know, sometimes we let go of that because we don't keep ourselves built up like we should. Over in Jude, it talks about building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Well, how about building up yourself on your most holy joy? You know, it'll help you a great deal. The rest of us would like to see a smile on your face instead of a frown, instead of glumness. You know, you can always tell where people are when they walk in. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing. Okay. I'm not going to ask any more questions because I really don't want to know. <laughs> Hallelujah. Romans fifteen thirteen says, Now the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope, a confident expectation through the power of the Holy Ghost. Romans 14, 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Um, Psalm 51, 12 talks about restoring to me the joy of your salvation. Listen, as a new creation, God's not going to restore something that's already in you. But the concept is there to, to pull it out of you and to bring it back up and to put it back into play. Amen. Hallelujah. Habakkuk says, I will joy in the God of my salvation. When you say, you can say, I don't have anything to be joyful about. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You know, if you have to start with, I will joy in the God of my salvation, that's a good place to start. God is my father. God loved me enough that he sent Jesus. God loved me enough that he asked Jesus, would he come? And Jesus said, yes. God loved me enough that he provided me with all these wonderful things. God loved me enough that he put his very life on the inside of me. God loved me enough that he's provided a place for me to go when I leave this place and go to a place that's called heaven. God loved me enough that he provides for me and all my needs down here. God knows my heart. God knows how I feel about everything. He gave me a savior that knows how I feel. Who's had been touched with the feeling of my infirmities. Start there. The God of my salvation. And then you need to rehearse the, the course of your life. Rehearse all the wonderful things God has done for you. The times when he brought you out of something. The times when he redeemed your life from destruction. The times when he healed your body. The times when he made a way that seemed like there was no way. The time when he provided an answer and a supply to you that you had no idea that you'd ever be able to have. Look at your life where it is now and where it was. Oh, how far he's brought you. Forget not all his benefits. Start counting some blessings. 
Stop counting the problems and start counting the blessings. Start counting the answers. Start counting the provision. Start counting the blessings that God has blessed you with and that he wants you to have every single day. See, that's the problem is a lot of people don't understand how much God has blessed them. They don't understand what God has provided for them. They don't understand. They don't have to live a life that's subject to this world's economy and this world's their situations. But we, we live from a place that comes from above. We live out of the life that comes from above. Hallelujah. Uh, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Hallelujah. Um, glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, the thief comes in Mark 4, 4, 15 talks about the fact that Satan comes immediately to steal the word. When you leave here today, I guarantee you're going to have an opportunity to have the word stolen out of you. You're going to have an opportunity to find out how full your joy is. You're going to have an opportunity to say, Am I going to reach down and pull the joy up, or am I not? It says he comes immediately. Listen, the word produces joy. The gospel is good news. It is the best news. The best news you will ever hear. Hallelujah. Uh, You know, I just, I I look at so many of these scriptures, and I just go, you know, how, how how do we get ourselves in places where we just let go of, just let it ebb out? You know, just just kind of just kind of leaks out of us. You know, you know, we never intend to let our joy go. We never intend to let go of it. We never intend to be without it. But it just kind of leaks out. You know, I was I was putting something in the dumpster the other day, and I noticed in the back corner of the dumpster it's all rusting out. And and I you know it occurs to me today that some of us are kind of like a rusty dumpster. (laughs) It looks good on the outside, but if you open it up and look inside, there's some little rusty spots right there where everything's leaking right through. Just leaking right through. But it looks good. It looks good on the outside. Until you take a good look down in there, you might not understand that you're letting the leak go. You know, don't let that happen. The longer you let that rusty bottom sit there, the more likely it is it's going to fall out. And when they come to pick the garbage up, all the garbage is going to fall out with it. That's the problem a lot of Christians have. They've had such a rusty bottom for so long <laughs> that when something comes and they pick it up, it just all, all the garbage just falls right out. Just falls right out. God doesn't want you to live like that. He wants you to live full of his joy. He, he says that you, what, was, what is that verse? Uh, um, um, okay. That you, well, it says your joy might be full. Oh, John 15, verses 7 through 11. You abide in me and my words abide in you. And it ends with that your joy may be full. Your joy may be full. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Um, Losing your joy can open you up to a lot of things. Well, it can open you up for trouble. It can open you up to deception. 
If you lose your joy, the enemy is going to be on your shoulder telling you some things like, God can't do, do anything for that problem. He can't help you with that. He'll tell you that God's not true to his word. I've had people say, when it came to tithing, I can't tithe you. I tried that. It didn't work. And I'm thinking, no, you didn't. You didn't try it. Maybe that's all you did was just try it. You weren't believing God. You didn't put your faith with it. You didn't do it out of a heart that understood what tithing was all about. And I had somebody tell me one time, but it just didn't, just didn't work. God, God, did not answer, not, God did not take care of me. And I'm thinking, that's just not possible. That's just not possible. God's not a man that he should lie. And when he says that you do this and I'll do this, he's going to keep his end of the bargain. So that tells me that he kept his end, you didn't keep your end. And, and your lack of joy will keep you from understanding that it was on your end, that it had nothing to do with God. God is always faithful to his word, always faithful to do what he said he would do, always faithful to back up anything he told you according to his word. He's always there. I have proved the faithfulness of God. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. Why? Because God's faithful. Because he's faithful. Hallelujah. You know, the, the enemy is, is, is easily trying to get you to let go of the things God has told you. He's told you you can't have certain things. Your life is in too big a mess. You've gone too far. You're too old. You know, you can't reverse this. You can't do anything about that. It's never going to happen. Don't, listen, that's not true. That is not true. You're never too old for God to work in your life. It's never too late for anything. Whatever God has put in your life, it's never too late. Never to, and you're not to, I, I, when I think about being too old, I think of Caleb. You know, when the children of Israel finally went into the promised land, Caleb, a man who was what, uh, he was, how old was he at the time? He had to be at least 80, at least 80. And what did he do? He looked around those well-watered plains, and he saw everything that was going on and, and all the different you know, tribes, you know, they were going this way and that way, and he said, give me that mountain. Give me that mountain. Because he was 80 years old, didn't mean a thing to him. It shouldn't mean a thing to you. You're not too young, you're not too old. Hallelujah. And then one, the one thing that the enemy always comes at you with, and if you don't have your joy, he can get through to you on this, is that you don't deserve the blessings of God. You absolutely do deserve, not based on your merit, but based on, the, based on the fact that Jesus is the one who's did it all for you. He's the one made you worthy. He's the one who has made you capable and able and, and of such good quality that God will give you everything. It's not a matter of what you deserve of your own self, of ourselves. We don't deserve a thing. Every commercial I see these days, get the car insurance you deserve. I'm going to, What's that got to do with anything? And get this or whatever that is that you deserve. Well, I, I'm just thinking, well, you don't deserve anything unless you pay for it. If you pay for it, you deserve, you deserve what you pay for. But nobody owes you anything. Nobody owes you anything in this life. But God does. He owes you because he sacrificed something for you. So, He's already said, because of his faithfulness, he already, he's already said that whatever you believe, 
Whatever you believe in your heart, whatever you ask according to my will, you'll get it. He said you deserve that because of what he's paid for you. He's the one who put the payment in, not you. Hallelujah. Um, glory to God. Hallelujah. Proverbs 28, 1 says, The righteous are bold as a lion. Listen, when your joy level is where it ought to be, you find the boldness that comes alongside it. When you're, when you're full of the joy of God, it's, I'm telling you what, you know, the enemy can get in your face and, and tell you some things that aren't so, and you'll be bold enough to tell him to go jump in the lake. Because that's where he's headed. He ju- he's going to be put in a lake. He won't be jumping it gladly, but he's going to be put in a place called the lake of fire. So when you tell him to go jump in the lake, tell him that's in your future, bud. It's in your future. Psalm 1829 says, I can run through a troop and I can leap over a wall. Joy, to the, where the, it's built up the way it ought to be, will tell you you can do anything. Your joy will, will get you to a place where, hey, I am, it's like Superman. I can do all things. I can do anything. Whatever the, the, the situation calls for, I can do it. Hallelujah. Uh, but one of the things that saps our joy is our own words. Mm. If there's anything people really need to learn is that their words can either enhance or detract from their joy. Are your, are your words just sapping the life out of you? Are they sapping the joy out of you? Or are your words consistently putting in to play what God's word has said about you. Your words should always be couched in terms of God's word. And, you know, it's, it's, it's easy sometimes. Now, I know there are times when you just need to talk to somebody and kind of you know, get somebody to, to uh, agree with you or maybe on a situation. But you can still do it from a place of joy. You know, we, we want to help one another. And you need to find somebody who's full of joy if you need that kind of help. Find somebody who can let their joy leak over into you a little bit. Who can, who can sharpen iron with iron. You know, that's, that's why we hang around one another. It's for a lot. And one of the reasons we hang around here is so that the things that are on one of us can be caught by the other one when we're low. It, we can use the joy that's on the inside of us to build that one up and let that joy that's in them rise to the top. Likewise, when their joy is up and ours is kind of, you know, having a little issue, we can get around them. They can do the same thing for us. And so it's important that our words match what God's word says. If you don't, joy is not going to be there. Hallelujah. Um, Philippians 4, 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. So what does joy look like for you today? Is that quiet, peaceful, contented feeling that just, ah, I'm, I'm, this is good. I'm really good. Or is it a big shout? You know, wh- whichever it is, just, just know that God's joy on the inside of you is a vital tool for you to use. It's something vital he wants you to use to run your race. The enemy's always trying to detour us off our race. 
He's always wanting to use distractions to get us to get us off the track that God's got us on. But I tell you what, joy will pull us back into that place if we will run it with joy. And, you know, and there are times when, when God will ask something of you. He will put something on your heart to, to do. And if you're not careful, you'll go, what? Well, I don't want to do that. What? Oh, that's nice. That's, no, that's, that's too much. I can't do that. Don't ever say that. If you know that's God dealing with you, count it joy. Count it joy. Listen, if he was asking you to do things all the time that you could do on your own, it wouldn't be him. I have found that out over the years that God has has put me in positions to do things like the Africa thing that I was just, 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 uh, I don't know that I can do this. Well, God didn't ask me to do something I thought I could do. He was asking me to do something that his power, his strength, his anointing, and his ability could help me do. It would be the thing that would put me over. And so count it joy. If it looks like it's going to be tough, do it anyway. If God says, you know, get rid of certain things in your life, count it joy. I will joyfully and gladly do that, Lord, because you asked me to. If it's people that you should separate yourself from, Father, I will do that gladly and joyfully. I will do it because you asked me to. But you have to know God well enough to know that it's God talking to you. Sometimes if you just read the word, he don't need to talk to you when he's already talked to you out of here. There are some things that he shouldn't have to say to you. There are some things we need to go take a look at at times and say, hmm, I'm not quite doing that like I should. I don't know that I want to do that. Well, my flesh never wants to do what God wants you to do. Never. But if you count it all joy, if you count it all joy, you'll be able to do what he's asked you to do. Uh, Joy is looking at Jesus. Joy's looking at Jesus. Depression comes from looking at the situation. You're never going to have the kind of joy God wants you to have if you're not looking, keeping your eyes on Jesus. If you're not keeping, keeping your focus where it needs to be, if you don't, if you don't see right. You know, you can, have, you can have a lot of different pairs of glasses around, you know, and, and I've picked up some glasses before go along to somebody else and put them on and go, ooh, no, 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 no. Those are not for me. But listen, God knows you well enough to know what you need. And he's telling you to look at Jesus. He's telling you to look at life through the lens of the word and through the blood of Jesus. Jesus himself endured the cross because of the joy that was set before him. And there's a lot you can get out of just that phrase, the joy that was set before him. Joy in knowing that the enemy was going to be vanquished once and for all. Joy in knowing that dominion was going to be given back to man. Joy in knowing that the ultimate victory that the enemy thought he had won would come to absolutely nothing. But the joy in knowing that God would have a people that he could call his family the people that, he, people that he could call his own, that he could enjoy, that he could, he could be in fellowship with, that he could spend eternity with, that he could, he could have a family. All of those things, Jesus saw it as joy. 
What he was about to endure was not going to be joyful. But he looked beyond that. We need to get to a place where we look beyond the circumstances, look beyond the situations, look beyond the trial, the tribulation, look beyond the difficulty, look beyond the, 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 the opportunity to say, I can't do that. Just look beyond all that and count it all joy. Stirring ourselves up. You know, I, uh, I made this... Um, <laughs> now nah, I don't want to say that just yet. How about that? Um, when your joy wanes, your light wanes. You're the light of the world. People are looking at you. And people see when your joy is... They don't, they don't know what to call it. They just, they just know that, hmm, if that's what Christianity's all about, maybe I don't want anything to do with it. But when they know... There are things in your life going on and your joy is full in spite of it. You draw people to that light all the time. Hallelujah. Uh, When you lose your joy, we've already said you fail to see the provision of God at work in you and through you. It indicates a loss of peace. It keeps you from fulfilling the plan of God in your life. It keeps you from really taking your place in the body of Christ. It hinders your ability to influence others. It affects your interaction with others. Number one, by your awareness of your potential ministry to somebody else. Number two, by your ability to minister to them and by your ability to deal with situations in a godly way. You know, joy, there's a lot to be said about joy. But keeping your joy level full is a demonstration of your expectation that will bring a manifestation. I'll say that again. Keeping your joy level full is a demonstration of your expectation that will bring a manifestation. Hallelujah. This is the example I think we're going to end with. And I will actually be an Anderson that's out of the the norm here. I let you out before at noon. Maybe, maybe. We're not done yet. Not done yet. Not done yet. When I taught this back in, I think, like 2000 and I don't know, 16, 13, somewhere, somewhere along in there, I had this example that, you know, there are people who, who want to talk about valleys and, 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 and mountaintop experiences and valley experiences. But I said, said it this way, life is a roller coaster. There are some days when you feel like you're up here and there are some days when you feel like you're down here. But here's the way most people, I do not ride roller coasters, okay? Let's be clear. I do not ride roller coasters. The kiddie coaster, maybe. But roller coaster, I don't do roller coasters. But here's, here's what most people do on a roller coaster. Their hands are up in the air, and they're, and they're yelling all the way down. And they're yelling all the way up. Listen, you, do, you need to pretend like you're on a roller coaster. No matter what today looks like, whether it looks like a mountaintop experience or whether it looks like a valley experience, it doesn't matter one way or the other. Put your hands in the air and just, and just praise God all the way down or all the way up. Go, woo! Personally, if I'm on a roller coaster, I'm hanging on for dear life. But I'm not talking about a natural roller coaster. I'm talking about just when life seems like it's an up and down kind of thing, it's okay. Enjoy the ride up and enjoy the ride down because the answer, you're safe and secure in the, in the, in the car that's on the rail. Safe and secure in this thing. So it doesn't matter if it's headed up or it's headed down. And don't use that to get me on a roller coaster some, at some point. I will not be, I will not be uh, 
motivated to get on a roller coaster at any cost. So sorry. You're just in a protected place. The track may be going down or the track may be going up. It's okay. Just enjoy the ride because God wants you to enjoy the journey that he's got you on. He wants you to enjoy the race that you're running. Hallelujah. And at the end, you're going to get into heaven and say, well, that was fun. That was fun. There are times you may not be able right this minute to say, that was fun. But you need to get to a place where you say, that was fun. Why? Because I got to see God at work. I got to prove that the word works. I got to prove that my God is faithful. I got to prove that in every situation I had the answer because the greater one lives on the inside of me. That was fun. Let's go do it again. You know, when you've been through a a few things successfully and the next thing shows up, you go, okay, let's have another go round. You know, because you know who wins in the end. It doesn't really matter. But I'm going to finish my race with joy. That doesn't mean I'm going to wait until I die. It means today my race is going to be full of joy. Today I'm going to finish my day before I go to sleep with joy. And all during the night while I'm asleep, it's going to be with joy. And when I get up in the morning, I'm going to start my day's race with joy. It's an every single day event. It's an every single day where you have to keep yourself built up in the joy of the Lord. Stir it up on the inside of you. Tomorrow morning, you might get up with just a piece of peaceful, contentment, feeling of joy. And the next day, you might have to get up and shout a little bit to get it stirred up. You might have to dance and run around the room just a little bit. You might have to go in the kitchen and get somebody to dance with you. I don't care, but stir it up. Make sure before you walk out of your doorway that there's joy on the inside. And you know you're cognizant of the fact there's joy. You're aware of the fact that joy of the Lord is my strength. And I'm going out to my doors today in the power of the Lord because I've got joy. And no matter what comes my way, the enemy's not going to steal my joy. He's not going to take my joy in any form or shape or fashion. I am going to be an overcomer because the joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen. Well, let's stand. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you today for your word. We thank you, Father God, that today we're reminded of things that maybe we have let go of, that we have not been as confident in, that we have not been as careful to to take into account that we need something that's this important to be first and foremost in our, our daily lives. So, Father, I just thank you today, you know, that that this, the word has impacted people, that they go out of here, you know, with something that they didn't have when they came in. I thank you, Lord, that, that you're talking to them about what things, some of the things that have been said today. You're dealing with them about some, some things that have been said today. You're making the difference, Father, because I know that if it was your plan to have this, this said this morning, that there's somebody who needs it specifically needs it. We all need to be reminded. We all need to be built up in the fundamentals. We all need to be reminded from time to time. Let the precept be built upon the precept because we need to go from one place to another in, your, in, your, in this life, in our spiritual walk. And so today, Lord, I just thank you that the joy of the Lord is my strength. Hallelujah. I will run and not be weary. Hallelujah. I will walk and I will not faint because your joy gives me everything that I need to take on the race and to run it, to run it well, to run it 
to run it in a place that we can, and I can enjoy it. I can enjoy every step of the race because your joy, your joy, not my, not my natural joy, but that spiritual joy that you put on the inside of me the moment I gave my heart to Jesus, that's the joy that makes the difference in my life and in my walk every single day. So we thank you for that today, Father. Hallelujah. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.